0: Are you looking to keep up with key trends in the marketplace? Are you striving to maintain your competitive edge at work? Looking for a career change, but unsure about your next move? The SkillSharp Podcast is here to help you. Join industry insiders, Brian, Todd, and Mike, who will guide you through strategies for career success.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at skillsharpthepodcast. At PodcastSkill to always stay sharp.
2: Hello, and welcome to SkillSharp, the podcast. Where your industry insiders, Todd Nakasone, Brian Wright, and myself, Mike Daniels, discuss topics that can keep your skills sharp and keep you moving forward in your career. Today's special guest is Marcia Haygood. Brian?
0: Marcia is a longtime colleague of all of ours from our time at Time Warner, and she is the founder and president of Stepwise Associates, LLC, where she provides sage and keen wisdom and insights to businesses, to executives, to really all levels of professionals, um, equipping them to be empowered and to take those next steps in in their careers and actually also in their personal life. So we are um, akin to your mission, Marcia, and we welcome you. Thank you for being here.
3: Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be talking to you, excited to be on this podcast and anytime that we can help to sharpen others' skills, I'm excited. I,
0: I think I'm going to jump to the end and then we could come back to the, the to the beginning. Mm-hmm. So you're a seasoned podcaster and I heard that you took, I think, two weeks to market an event that you were going to hold that was called Ask Marsha. Ask Marsha H. Ask Marsha H. Yes. How many people did you get to attend that event?
3: Well, you know, (laughs) it's so interesting. Uh, People ask me questions all the time. They call up and say, can I pick your brain? Or, you know, let me just ask you one thing. And I was getting the same type of questions over and over. And I just said, you know what, I should just put it online and just tell people to sign up and sign in. And we, I did that and it was less than two weeks. I just put it online and (laughs) to my surprise, well over a hundred people registered for the session. And I just said to them, you know what, I don't want it to be one where we can see each other, so it's not Zoom, because I want you to be able to ask questions without letting people know who you are if you wanna remain anonymous. So we did it with a, a free conference call on a Saturday morning. I said, stay in your pajamas, don't put on makeup, just let's come on and let's answer some questions that you may have. They could either email me the questions beforehand or they could come on and remain anonymous and just ask a question. And like I said, I think there were like 105 people registered for the for the session and I said, you know, it'll be an hour session, I'll answer as many questions and if people want to stay on a little longer, I can do another 15 or 20 minutes and 105 people stayed on for an hour and 15 minutes. We just mm. <laughs> we just we just spoke. It was a Saturday morning. Uh, get to know one another and answer your questions. Fun, fun, fun.
0: So, you know, your background in HR is, um, is, is expensive and you've dealt with a lot of different businesses also in different stages of our, you know, economic condition. When did you know going into HR that you could have this greater impact on people?
3: Well, I always kind of thought I was smart. Should I should I start there? Um, no, let me let me be real. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't I didn't know I was going to go into HR. That's not what I said. Oh, you know what? When I grow up, I'm going to be in HR. But my mom taught me early on that I could do anything I wanted to do. So the things I enjoy, I just keep doing. And one of the things that I enjoy doing, in case you didn't notice, is talk. So so I just spoke. And as I spoke to people, one thing led to another. So I took a temporary job in an HR department after college, while I was a temporary part-time job, while I was looking for a real job. And because I talked to applicants that came in to the HR department, they evidently would mention me when they'd go in to talk to the recruiter. Oh, that lady who was sitting outside, she really, you know, she made me calm or she, you know, said something to me that I liked. And so the head of the HR department asked me if I wanted a job in HR. They didn't have one, but they were going to make one up and hired me as an HR person. And that's how I started in HR. And 25 plus years later, I went from receptionist in the HR department to executive vice president of HR at New Line Cinema. I just Incredible. think you can do anything you want to do. Um, my, my, my goal is to be to other people like my mom was to me. You can do anything you set your mind to, but you have to do something. You can't just hope for it. You know, hope is not a strategy. You have to actually do some work for it. But if you choose to be successful in an area and put all your effort to that, my thought is that you can accomplish that goal. Uh,
0: but, it, but it's interesting the way you describe it, because I know that there's a, you know, obviously you start with being smart, but <laughs> then there's also like a, a technical or, you know, like how you go about your work. I'm, you know, as everyone knows, there's a relationship aspect of your work. Mm -hmm. And then there's also that skill set of just being variable and and taking on whatever. So early on, what were some of the things that you did strategically where you started to build best practices and behaviors that put you in position for that meteoric rise?
3: You know, I think probably the thing that has helped me the most, and, and I understand that it can be both a strength and a weakness, by the way, is curiosity. You need to be curious about things and not think you know everything. Even when you're real smart on a subject, there's always something that you can learn. So asking questions and really listening, listening to learn rather than listening to talk will set part of the, the agenda. And then you have to give it time. You have to give yourself time to think You have to give yourself time to practice. And even when you get knocked down, you have to get back up and try it again.
1: Now, Marcia, did you have a set of mentors or what we call it, board of directors? Mm -hmm. You know, the personal board of directors who can kind of tell you about your blind spots and you know what it would be like to pursue that type of career. Did you have any of that in the beginning or just sought out yourself?
3: You know what? I always had people, I, I asked people, I asked for feedback. So when you ask for p- feedback and you don't argue about the feedback that you get, people are more apt <laughs> to give you real criticism or real constructive mm-hmm. things that you can move forward. So I've had people who have always given me some advice. I didn't like it all, but I heard it. I couldn't say I didn't hear it. And I'll share with you that I do a, a, what I call a self-audit every year where I send out questions to people.
1: It's like your personal annual review.
3: And I just pick people in my circle.
1: Now, d- did that come from your training uh, in human resources or did you you no. know, have a mentor that kind of helped you with that process?
3: You know, what are you thinking? Tell me what you, tell me what you think.
1: Yeah, you know, that shows high emotional IQ or emotional intelligence. And their integrity and, as well. And integrity. And do you want somebody like that on your team? But that's a good point You You proactively sought out that feedback,
3: you know, and also I see and I I'm not alone in doing this, that a lot of people um, before they hire, especially a senior member of their team or salesperson of their team, they take them out to eat. That's not because they think they're hungry. That's because they want to know if they have table manners and how they treat the wait staff.
1: Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially, you know, you want to figure out what the fit is. You don't want to hire a bad apple. That's going to spoil the rest of the uh, apple cart. You know, yeah. absolutely not.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. So you want to see how people are when they're not on, you know, when they're not in your office. So it might mean calling people at home and seeing how they answer their phone. Now we're checking, you know, their social media site seeing what they write on Facebook, <laughs> you know, but you need to do that. So I I tell my clients be authentic. How you say you want to be seen, you don't just say it. You actually have to live it. And if you don't live it, then guess what? That's not your brand.
1: Yeah, it's always good to be true to yourself and taking that feedback, but I kind of want to circle that back with, you know, the various promotions that you've had mm-hmm. along your career. I mean, it's very rare you go from receptionist all the way up to, you know, your your executive level. How did you kind of tie in the feedback and your 360? um, What do you call it? Your 360 performance evaluation, if you want to call it that, Mm -hmm. to your bosses and knowing that you were ready for that next promotion. How, How did you kind of circle that all or tie that all in together?
3: You know what? You need to track your own accomplishments and be able to share that feedback with your boss and with the people around you. And, and understand that, you know, a lot of people go into these performance evaluations, hoping that their bosses or the people around them remember all the things they've done. They don't. They don't. You need to remember. You can't even remember all the things you've done when you first go in. So you need to be keeping track of those things and have a real authentic conversation. I've done this, this, this and this. My team has done this. I'd love to get involved in this. I can demonstrate that I can do this well because I've done it. And here's the kitchen I've done it not only here, or I may not have done it here, but I do it in my community. I, I do it at my church. You know, I do it with wherever you do it. And, and guess what? If you can't say you do it, then chances are you really haven't done it. You know, you're not living it. <laughs> so
1: Absolutely. you
3: should be able to do those things and share them in a way that the person hears it. Like um, an example is that at one point in my career, I reported to the CFO. The CFO pays attention to numbers. So when I was working with him, when explaining to him, I had to have figures, stats, in my discussion versus when I'm talking to a CEO that likes something else, I may be talking talking about the same thing, but in a very different way. You should know the people who you want to impress. And at this stage, in, in these days and times, you can Google anybody and find out something about them. And if you're not doing all of those things, then you're not as serious as you may think you are. I think that they think- I, I talk about choices all the time. I think we have a choice, and and I've said to 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 Brian, and he he laughed at me when I said this. I said there is when you want to be successful. There's a s- skill, and then there's will. And if you don't have both of them, it's skill plus will will get you almost anywhere you want to be.
1: Skill plus will.
2: Squill. We just we just coined a new phrase. Oh, like squill. We'll call it squill. Squill, squill sharp. Okay. <laughs> so I was doing some reading on uh personal branding, Marcia. And uh, you know, part of one of the concepts I read is when you're developing that that personal brand, you should actually take the time to develop a target market. You should have you should be thinking of target customers, and in your point. You mentioned that one of your target customers was your CFO, certainly uh, when your target customer should be the person you report to. You also mentioned uh, being able to document and to express uh, the things that you've done, marketing yourself, selling yourself, adding the value of some of the things that you've done with memories being so short. Uh, our own personal memories and those that, uh, in our target markets memories, I would like for you to talk to us a little about, bit about, you know, how you were able to encapsulate your message. And then did you have a particular strategy with respect to, you know, how frequently you would speak with individuals in order to sell yourself to them?
3: Um, in terms of how often a lot of times it was just opportunity, you know, we have opportunities that, you know, we've all heard of that elevator pitch, right? So so there's going to be a time when you're going to be in a situation with your CEO and he or she is going to say, how are you doing? And most of people answer, oh, just fine. It's like, Mm-mm, not good enough. Oh, we're wonderful. We just finished working on this project that we developed and it is going out to market next week. You know, you need to be able to say something, you know, that's good. and then they're going to say, oh, really? What project is that? Well, I'd love to be able to tell you about it. If you don't mind, I'll send a copy of some notes about it to your assistant for your review. Do you think they remember me or the person that said, oh, fine.
2: That's excellent. And, you know, oftentimes we, uh, when we're in work environments, we will take the time to uh, be collegial with our colleagues uh, forgive the redundancy, but mm-hmm. we don't always take the time to, you know, pop in our boss's office, our manager's office, and ask them uh, for lunch. Uh, you know, many times we forget about that, and it doesn't have to be all the time. It could be once a quarter, it could be, you know, once a month. But being able to carve that time out will give you that face time you need to express what you're you've been doing. And what value you've been adding to the organization so that when that review time comes around, A, uh, you're going to get the review that you certainly deserve. And B, you now create a relationship with that person so that when it's time for you to, to move up within an organization, you can, you know, simply ask. So I wanted to find out from you in your, your as Brian terms it, your meteoric rise, you know, talk to us about some of those key milestones I and mean, did people actually tap you on the shoulder and say, it's time for you to move up, Marcia. did you grab the bull by the horns and say, you know what, I want this. And I want it by X date. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, how you were able to move up uh, within your organization, within your career.
3: Well, I, I first go back, Mike, and say one thing. I didn't ask people for lunch. Lunch is too long. I don't know if I like them and I don't know if they like me and I want them not to be watching their watch while they're sitting with me, because then they're not really listening. They're just trying to go through the motions. So I usually ask for 10, no more than 15 minutes. And and um, my co-author has a has a joke. She says she usually would take food. So she would say, you know what, what kind of coffee do you like? Or do you, or, or take a bagel or something and say, you know what, I'd love to get 10 minutes of your time. So you learn the person, something about the person, so that when you're taking up time with them is not a lot of time and they'll devote that time to you, whether it be because they feel guilty (laughs) because you just brought them a bagel or because they really are interested in what you have to say. And I tend to like to go to where people live and I have lived in quotes. I like to go to people's office because I wanna know if they have a picture of their dog, their cat or their children on their desk. I want to know if they like artwork. I want to know something about them. At this day and age, I'm also going to Google them. I want to know where they went to school. I want to to put them on my Google alert so that if something is happening with them, I'll be able to mention that. If they're getting ready to speak somewhere, I want to know about that ahead of time. Because people like to talk about themselves. So sometimes those 10 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes, has nothing at all to do with me. It really is asking the right question to let them talk about themselves, because then they want to do it again. And 10 minutes turns into a half an hour, (laughs) you know, but I'm not asking for the half an hour. Half an hour is too long. An hour is definitely too long. So if I say I'd love to get 10 minutes of your time, they say, oh, join me for lunch. That's one thing. But I'm never going to ask them to go to lunch with me.
0: You know, there's a, a thin line between self-promotion and I call it a personal PR. That brand is, is so important nowadays, but funny enough, with the way um, you all were describing it, these are oftentimes people that you know, even if it's just in passing, you know them, or they're on the same lot as you, or they're in the same building. Most people networking-wise don't know people that they're connecting with, end up expecting these people after a chance meeting and do work for you, like they, you know. Hey, you're going to introduce me yeah. to this person. You're going to do this. So, I mean, what would you say to people in terms of the, the the quote unquote word networking and how they could be better at that?
3: It means connecting, and it means not asking for something initially. You know, sometimes it's offering something, and oftentimes you can network with people and give them something, you will get it back in return. My mother used to say, throw something out the window. It comes back through the door, you know? So what, what I'd say to that is if I find that someone is, I read that someone loves to travel in conversation, I might say, where's the last place you've been or where you going next? or what's on your bucket list or something that simple, what they might, I'd, I'd love for them to tell me. So if they say, oh, I'm going to Italy, Uh, My next trip, I'm dying to go to Italy, okay? (laughs) I'm coming home and I'm doing some research on something in Italy. You can guarantee because my next conversation is going to be, you mentioned that you might be going to Italy soon. I thought you'd love this conversation or thought you, I wanted to share this article with you. Well, I've researched the article, but it's taken me, Ten minutes to research the article. I just got brownie points because I was listening. I wasn't talking, and all I have to say is, for your information, thought of you when I read this article. I'm done. They're gonna say, "Wow, she heard what I had to say." Wow. Chances are they're gonna send something back, even if it's thanks for this article. It's great. The next time I talk to them, it might be, "Did you go to Italy yet? What is some place I just have to see?" I'm starting a connection. That's the connection. The connection is not, I'm looking for a job and can you help me get promoted? They don't know me. Oftentimes they're researching me the same way I'm researching them. So you have to put something out there about yourself that will allow people to network with you. So what is it about you that's of interest? That's your PR, that's your brand that allows people to contact you and say something. What do you share? So I might share that, you know, um, I, I said it today. I said, I've been married more than half my life. People might say, I read this article about people who have been married for a really long time. And I thought of what you said. There's a connection. <laughs> you mentioned, you said you've been doing podcasts for a lot of time. Wow. Marsha heard you've been doing podcasts for a long time. What are some of the podcasts and how did you get on anything to connect? I haven't asked for anything. They haven't asked for anything. It starts a conversation. So I I think that the branding and and, and and Mike, you asked, how did I move from one step to another? Um, sometimes it's sharing what I want to do. And it's not saying you have to give it to me by this period of time. It's never that. But it, it even though I might be thinking that, by the way, but <laughs> um, but it's usually, you know what? I'd love to get involved in this area. Or, you know, you may not know that I have a, uh, liking for, a degree in, uh, some experience in this, and I'd love to be able to be part of that team or help that team out. And a lot of times that's volunteer initially, especially if it's in the same organization. I want to move from human resources to engineering. People wouldn't know I had an engineering background unless I told them something. So I need to be able to tell them something about me that shows my interest and that I'm looking at it, or I'm getting a certificate in it, or I've been experimenting with it. Tell them something that will help them help you.
0: SkillSharp is brought to you by Max Edwards Company. Max Edwards is a business consulting and professional development firm that provides holistic strategies for short and long-term workforce solutions. Our team of consultants has over 60 years of experience in the media and entertainment industry. We will work closely with your business to understand what high performance and success looks like. We then build talent attraction strategies that meet your business objectives. If you're a business trying to fill a critical position, a new startup building a team, or a company interested in developing and retaining your top performers, Max Edwards Company is your competitive advantage. Visit us at maxedwardscompany.com. That's www.maxedwardscompany.com. Dot com.
1: well Marcia, I was going to ask if any of the folks that you hired in your department did they use that technique on yourself and did you recognize that pattern
3: yeah, I do because i I, I teach okay. people that pattern so if they if they you know what you actually get brownie points for using that because that means you were listening <laughs> I'm okay right. with that that's what I do and you know I want people to my my mission now and it's my it's my purpose and my passion and my mission in life now is to leave a legacy and that legacy is to help people be as happy and as successful as i have been cuz it, it wasn't by chance it was by doing some things that people may not always think of and they weren't big things they weren't big they're small Manageable steps, but they're consistent.
1: So yeah, use them all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm writing as we, I'm, we're listening to the conversation.
0: <laughs> hey, I, have a, I have a question. In terms of the entrepreneurial step that you took, were you already operating as an entrepreneur internally first, and it made it an easy transition, or were there also things that you needed to be an entrepreneur once you were once you were out? on your own? The answer is both.
3: Yes, to both. Um, I decided that I ultimately wanted to have my own company and I wanted to do just what I'm doing now. That was a 10 year process, by the way. I probably said that 10 years while I was in my, in my job and it was 10 years before. And I had said, you know what? I need to be able to make enough money so that I'm not worried about money. I need to do some things. I I enjoyed working at New Line. You know, I got to go to the Oscars. I got to fly first class. I came back and forth to New York and LA. All the things I enjoyed doing. But my ultimate goal was to help other people do what I was doing. And in order to do that, you need to be able to sit in a room with people who know how to do it already. So the fact of the matter is I was learning while I was working. So I did that. And then when I started my own company, it was because I had researched, you know, how to do finances and how to do a business plan and how to do those things. But some things I'm still learning. I'm I'm still. I will tell you in a heartbeat that I as hard as I try, I am lost with technology every single time I try to do something new. I'm like, I don't know. Like I said to you, I said to you, I don't know if that headset's gonna work. I have no clue, but I'll try it. <laughs> it's it's just the way it is. Know what you can do. And and you know, here I go with another one of these quotes, do it, delegate it, or dump it. So I'll try doing it. It doesn't work, I'm delegating it to somebody else. I, it doesn't work. I said, "Hell, never mind. Dump it. I can't do it, and nobody else is doing it well either." <laughs> so I'll just dump it. So you make some decisions for yourself, but they need to be real decisions that you can live with. It's a requirement.
2: You're listening to Skill Sharp, the podcast. Today's special guest is motivational speaker, empowerment coach and leadership consultant marcia hey good marcia we're living in times where things are of course constantly changing and you know brian and i were having a conversation earlier it feels like time is just moving faster than it ever has before but time is one of those things that is is critical and many people think about it. it's in their forefront when they're thinking about their career Um, you know, somebody may want to be in that management or director seat uh, within three or four years. And they may be in a company where that isn't necessarily the timeline. What can you say to individuals, Marcia, to keep them motivated, to keep their eyes on the prize, even though it seems like the timing is not moving as quickly as they'd like it to.
3: Well, chances are timing is not going to move as quickly as you'd like it to. You always have a, a faster timeline than most <laughs> than most people do. Um, but I think you have to you have to know what your skills are. You have to know, and you should know people outside of your company, and you should be in inspired by others so oftentimes when people tell me they want to do something that's different than what they're doing now whether it be a higher level or different industry altogether i say who do you know that's doing what you want to do who are you inspired by are you following them and in social media you can you can follow anybody so are you following them do you know what they're doing have you tried to reach them you know it doesn't make a difference. Well, you would love for them to reach back out to you. But if they don't, why not? What can you change? I, I I really think that this year has been, as much as it's been a crazy year, it's also been an opportunity because more people are home, more people are paying attention. There's more free stuff on the online than I have ever seen before. Maybe I'm just noticing it. But there's a lot of free stuff out there are you getting on are you saying oh no this is an opportunity for me to sleep late well guess what the program came on at seven thirty in the morning <laughs> you slept late you chose not to do that but you should be and you should ask other people who else is doing what you like to do call them up say you know what I'm really trying to get in this. Do you know, not can you help me necessarily because everybody's busy, but do you know of any, um, if you learn of any podcasts that teach me about skills, I want to know about it. Somebody else is going to tell you about Skill Smart podcast. Somebody's going to tell you about it. You know, Google it. I call the Google. I say, the Google is your friend. You know, Google it. Do something because I'm telling you, before I take on clients as a coach and they tell me what their problem is, I ask them, well, what have you tried to do about it already? And if they say, well, well, I really haven't done anything. I don't know what to do. It's like, do you have a computer? Do you know how to talk to people? You know, who's your friends? Have you asked them? What can you do? But they're asking the wrong questions. So I think you start off small. You don't have to be, you don't have to start off major. You start off with small baby steps. And what I, what I also say is you develop success habits, develop a success routine. When something is working, duplicate it. When something's not working, you can try it again, but if it continues not to work, do something different. And everybody is around. Everybody can help you. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what level they are. Everyone can help you in some way.
2: Marcia, could you tell us more and share uh, about your company
0: Stepwise and what you do?
3: Yeah. Stepwise Associates. My company is going into its 15th year. Um, When I left New Line, I, um, I left in 06, the beginning of 06. And by the time I left, because I gave notice, six months notice, as a matter of fact, that I was not signing another contract and I was leaving and I would help hire the next person and train them, (laughs) I actually was doing coaching on the side. And when I left New Line, I had a waiting list. So my company started off in full swing. Um, and it was, you know, I, I've grown since then. I do a lot of things differently, but I at least tried things and I wanted to meet coaches. I mean, I had a coach when I started coaching, um, because there's always someone who knows more than you. So you ask questions. I call up now and ask a question, you know, I tried this. It didn't really work. You know, you have any ideas. I'm thinking about doing this course. What should pricing look like? You know, it could be anything, but just ask people once they know that you're willing to try stuff and you're not going to take up a lot of their time because time is money, they'll help you. So I I think that's what you do. I realize that I'm an optimist. I always see the glass half full, always see the glass half full. But, you know, I'm, I'm also around people to see the glass half full. People who see the glass always empty drain my energy. So I try not to be around them. (laughs) Quite frankly, I just try not to. As an optimist, what is your outlook for uh, 2021? What is your prediction? You know, I think it will be okay if people take some time to think about what they learned in 2020. And those people who only have seen the negative of 2020 will have a tougher time in 2021. People who've been practicing some things that they never had time to do will see it as a, okay, we'll come out of this, you know, and I, and I want to be real specific about this one because this is so vitally important. People who say they um, had no money is because they saved no money. It's because they saved no money because they always thought it was going to keep happening so what have they saved in 20 in 2020 so that if this happens again they're in a better situation so I say you know what I I, I, I just said this to a client the other day sell those red bottom shoes because they didn't serve you well in 2020 sell some of those St John suits because guess what you didn't wear them in 2020 keep two or three sell the rest, (laughs) put them in the consignment shop. That's learning something. You know, I I tell, what have you learned? I, I practice taking Spanish lessons every year, always. Can't speak any more Spanish now than I could speak last year, but I try. So what new apps have you learned to do something that you want to do? You always want to write a book? That means spend 15 minutes Every morning, writing something. Now you got at least a couple of chapters. What have you learned? So those people, I think, will move forward. It'll be a little harder than it has been, maybe. But it will also bring you further ahead. I said, we have to take time to think about what we want. You know, and I I can tell you that there are a lot of people that I say, so what, what does success look like to you? And they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. So I said, just, you know what? Let's stop the conversation and give yourself some time to think. Don't watch some TV program tonight. Don't go on to happy hour as soon as you get off the phone with me. Instead, give yourself some time to think. Develop a personal leadership notebook, which I talk about in the Little Black Book of Success, develop a leadership notebook my leadership notebook which is is so vitally important to me I have a section that just says ideas that's all it says it's the biggest part of my book and it's because if I think of something I want to write it down because next week I'll just be saying I had a great idea last week I wonder what it was if I didn't write it down so I want to write it down but I can't stop and spend all my time on it right now. So I'm just writing it down so I could get back to it. Focus on something. Pick one thing that you said you wanted to do and then put all your effort to it. I guarantee you, you'll be further ahead next year than you were this year. What's one thing that you said you wanted to do? If you said you wanted to do five things, 10 things, eh, chances are none of them got done fully. You say one thing, other four things are on the side. And you know where I learned that from? (laughs) Warren Buffett. I don't know the man, but I read. And somebody asked him, why why is he so successful? How did he go successful? And he said, because he wrote down, he writes down 25 things that he wants to accomplish. And then he prioritizes the first five, whatever they are. He just picks them out of those 25 things. And he only focuses on the five. He said the other twenty are distractions. I have to do them later. So you can learn from anybody. You know, follow people, hear what they have to say, learn from the people who've been successful. They've already done it. I want to learn from them.
1: <laughs> he's still doing it, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and he's still doing it. That's exactly right.
2: That's excellent. Uh, one of the the main reason that Skill Sharp the podcast uh, was created was exactly what you just said, Marsha, uh, Todd, Brian, and I for years have been talking and doing things, but it never happened. So we took the time that we had during the quote unquote pandemic and said, let's just get it done. And here we are talking to Marsha. Hey, good. Now, Marsha, you, uh, mentioned the little black book of success. This is uh, mm-hmm. a, a book that you've co-authored. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about this uh, as we read it, when we purchase it and decide to read it, what do we have to look forward to?
3: You have 40 laws of leadership to look forward to. Let me tell you this. One of the authors um, actually went to, uh, and she, she worked at HBO. Remember, my co-authors all were Time Warner employees. One was in H- at HBO in the creative area, and she was offered the opportunity to go to a leadership class. At that leadership class, they told her that she should, or told the group, that they should go out and network, network, quote unquote, with someone who was at a higher level than them that they wanted to learn from. And she called me up and asked me would I go, to dinner with her and she called a couple of other high level women at time at in the Time Warner Arena. I actually took I said can I bring someone with me and I took one of the other co-authors with me. We started we had such a great time it was all about eating and drinking and just laughing and at the end of every time we started meeting once a quarter. And at the end of every meal, we would end up saying, you know what, we could write a book about that. And one of the times we said, why don't we? And there were, I think, six or seven of us there. Some of them said, "Eh, not interested. The three of us said, that sounds like a good idea. And lo and behold, we wrote the Little Black Book of Success, Laws of Leadership for Black Women. And we just started picking chapters out. So i mean, picking topics out and then we just write about it and share it with one another and tweak it amongst ourselves. So our first chapter is always consider yourself a VIP. And each chapter is less than 10 pages, five to 10 pages. And at the end of them, we have four or five bullet points that we call mama-isms. And these are things our mothers have been saying to us for years that we thought it was just what our mother said or just what our grandmother said don't you come out of that room until you fix your face really means watch your body language <laughs> you know it's just little things that they would say to us so we ended every chapter with four or five bullet points if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always gotten how many times have we heard this stuff we just took it for granted. So we've just put it in the book. It became a number one bestseller. It was um nominated for the NAACP uh book award, literary award. And it is now 10 years old. And I can tell you that we have just gotten a call. It was it was um published by Random House, Penguin Penguin Random House, and we just gotten a call saying, you want to do something else with that book? Maybe we could do something else. and we still collect the royalties. We didn't even know what royalties were when we started writing that book. So you just don't know. you just got to leave yourself open to things. And if nothing else this year has told us that we know how to pivot, just do we want to do we want to do we want to develop that? That should be a skill. And quite frankly, we have that skill. We just haven't used it in a while. Now we've had the pivot. I've even had to cook, and that is truly a pivot. Ah,
2: okay. Okay. That's another mama <laughs> <laughs> So, Marcia, how do we get um how do we get our hands on your book?
3: Um, the book is on Amazon. What I am doing now for the next um few weeks, actually, for for Christmas, people who are interested in the book can contact me if they want an autographed copy of the book, a lot of people are giving it as gifts. If they want that, they just contact me and pay me by Cash App or Zelle and I will autograph the book and send it out to them so that they have it as a gift to give or a lot of people are just saying, send it to, autograph it to this person and this is their address and I wrap it up all pretty and send it to them once I get payment for it and... (laughs) and, and do it that way. So I've been sending this book out. I was at the post office today with packages of books, sending gifts. So you could do that. If you just want the book or the workbook, it's a companion workbook that goes along with it. Um, you can do that either through me or on Amazon, the little black book of success laws of leadership for black women. And it's, uh, the workbook is the same name and follows the same the same guidelines. It, it starts off with the same chapters. The book was dubbed a mentor in your pocket, and um, the workbook is dubbed a call to action. So you actually get to write about your experiences in each of those areas.
2: Marsha, how do um, we get in touch with you, Marsha?
3: Okay. They can do it a number of ways. My email address is mhaygood.com at stepwiseassociates.com so they can always email me you can link in with me i ask that you tell me how why we're linking in how you know about me i'd like to get that information so don't send the lazy linkedin message you know give me give, tell me something but you can always link in with me my facebook is under my name as well instagram is my name as well um, t- I don't tweet that often, though. I'm told that's going to be on my list for next year to do better. Um, is stepwise assoc because associates is too long, so it's stepwise assoc. But you can always find me. And then guess what? Google is your friend. The, the Google. Google is your friend. You can, always, you can always Google me and find out how to reach me any of those ways.
2: Thank you for listening to Skill Sharp the podcast. Send your questions and comments to podcast at skill You can follow us on Twitter at skillsharp one or visit us online at wwwskill This is Mike Daniels signing off for Todd Nakasone, Brian Wright, Alyssa Pruitt, Will Kelso, and the rest of the team at Skill Sharp Studios. Until next time, stay sharp.